I'm putting love on the radio, spreading joy everywhere I go. There's no way to hide my hope. Oh, no, this little light of mine. Hey, I'm gonna let it shine. Telling the world to save my soul. The only way I know with love on the radio. Hello, everybody. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, or wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Great to have you join me for another week. We've got a good show prepared, a lot of just speaking from the heart, and maybe even a little bit uh, convicting, and I don't mean it to come across as convicting. So if you feel convicted, I I just uh, ask you to address your own heart and to think about your own deeds, and that's what I'm going to try to do today on the show. I'm just going to try to speak from the heart about a lot of different things that I've noticed over the weekend and really all around me of what we can do to really live out the full message of what Christ has called us to do on this earth. I've got my friend joining me in the second half of the show. His name is Ethan Tong. He's a junior here at Hillsdale. He's a mock trial captain. He's involved in all sorts of different clubs here at the school. He's going to come on and discuss the power of prayer. And when we get bogged down with a lot of different worry and fear, and when we, when we, confuse what our mission is here on this earth with everything that we're learning in the classroom and and get intellectually somewhat bogged down. And we're going to have a great conversation coming up in the second half of the show. You don't want to miss that. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. So this weekend, I decided to go visit uh, my girlfriend and my sister at, at another school, Grove City College. And so I drove out of Hillsdale Friday night And I have to admit something. Nothing went the way that I had expected it to go. I originally planned to pick my girlfriend up and go home. Things didn't work out there, so I ended up staying at the school. I Initially, we had plans. They were having their homecoming weekend, and there was going to be a school dance. And we were going to go to that school dance. But while I was driving, we find out that they canceled it due to rain. And every single thing that we had kind of somewhat solidified as the plan that I was going to go and do and finish and, 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 you know, do the things that I wanted to do, it didn't happen the way that I had wanted it to. And what ends up happening is I begin to worry. I begin to fear. I begin to get anxious and wonder, why isn't anything going the way that I want? And I begin to cling to the things that I had desired. And I ask myself, why can't it ever happen? And God reminds me in those moments. And he tells me something very, very important. Why am I anxious? Why am I worried? Why am I filled with fear? Why? Does it help me? Does it relieve any anxiety that I fear, that I I feel? Does it do anything to help me do better going forward? No, all it does is make me more stressed out, more anxious, more worried. And I just have to come to the realization that I do not have control over what takes place. I've got no control. And that's actually a beautiful place to be because at the end of the day, we're not here on this earth to amass our own control and our own power. Because if that's the reason why you think you're here on this earth, I'm sorry, you're sadly mistaken and you will forever be miserable. Is it all right if I speak the hard truth today? I don't want to offend anyone. 
I don't want to frighten anyone, but I, I really do have a strong unction in my spirit to speak the bold truth of what's taking place today. And I'm doing it from a place of love. I'm doing it. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to move through me. I don't have uh, my script in front of me. I don't have anything. I'm just speaking here. I've got a couple bullet points of the stuff that I want to cover today. But really, I want to allow the Holy Spirit to just move in the show. And so I got all stressed out. I got all anxious and all worried because the plans that I wanted to do weren't going the way I wanted them to go. And I finally... In that moment, while I was driving for six hours or four hours or however however long it was, I surrendered and I said, God, I want your will. I don't want to be filled with worry and anxious. See, if we allow something as small as someone's canceling a school dance to to all of a sudden break us, to bring us to our knees and and allow it to destroy the rest of our day, how susceptible are we to the devil's attacks? If we allow an individual that insults us in the morning, maybe messes up our drive-through coffee order to destroy our entire day, maybe they forgot to put cream or half and half or whipped cream or an extra double shot espresso, and now all of a sudden we're chewing out the person in the drive-through lane, I ask you, how susceptible are you to the devil's attacks? And are you truly living what Christ has called you to live, to love Do we really want God's best or do we want what we want when we want it? And if we don't get it, do we throw a fit? Who are we to throw a fit at almighty God who knows all things, who is perfect and incapable of making a mistake? The arrogance. And I'm the one that's being arrogant here. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't be arrogant. You probably are too, because we all are sinful. But if you can recognize that, you'll be a lot better off today. You see, most of what we pursue every single day when we wake up is one word, meaningless. Your job that you're going to the anxiety that you have about doing a a good job on a project, about getting a good grade in a class, about amassing a fortune, about building a network, about being liked by your peers, meaningless. God puts you on this earth to love and to be loved, to share Christ's love lived out in your life to every single person that passes you. So I could be filled with anxiety as I'm driving six hours and it can be all about me and I miss all of the opportunities that I have. God didn't allow that to happen on this trip. He reminded me before I got there and I was blessed because of it. You see, when I stopped to get gas for my car, instead of it being all about me and I got to get there before this happens and they cancel the dance and I don't understand what's going on. Nothing ever goes my way. La, 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 la. Instead, I was smiling because I knew that God had me right where he wanted me. And I looked up while I was pumping gas and there was an old man in front of me and I sparked a conversation with him. I asked him how his day was going. I got to hear about what he was going to do. 
to visit his own grandson? He smiled, his whole countenance changed, and I was blessed because of it too. You see, it could have been very simple. I could have just simply pumped my gas, jumped back into my car, and was filled with anxiety and fear and worry. But I allowed God to take that from me. I allowed an opportunity for me to share Christ's love to someone that God put in my path for the very purpose of doing that. How many opportunities are we going to waste today? Because we have to rush to this class. We have a meeting at this time. Move out of my way. You messed up my coffee order. You're doing everything wrong. How many opportunities are we going to miss? Are we going to waste? Are we going to deny the purpose of why God put us on this earth? Because I've got an important point to make here. God didn't send his son to die on a cross so that we could simply escape the consequence of our sins. No, God sent his son to die on a cross so that we could escape sin. That means to live perfect, holy, righteous, and loving lives on this earth. That doesn't mean to every day wake up, be cleansed by the spirit, and then roll around in the mud of sin and tell us every single day ourselves how miserable and how sinful and how wretched of a person that we are. How are we ever supposed to go from acknowledging our sinful state every single moment of the day and actually trying to live a holy and righteous life to others? I don't see how that's possible. We are to be consumed and on fire for only one person, God, not for ourselves. See, he washed us clean of our sins. Don't be like a pig and jump back into the mud. Oh, but Ryan, you don't know the things that I've done. Oh, oh but Ryan, I, I, I've committed the worst sins ever, but you don't know. My dad never loved me. My mom died when I was young. Why are you going to allow those things to define who you are today? Do you take God at his word? He has washed you new. He has made you a new person, made in the image of Christ, not so that you could wallow around in the past mistakes that you've made, not so you allow the circumstances of life and the consequence of sin to define who you are in this present moment. Cast off the past. He throws it as far as the east is to the west to be remembered no more. So why are you remembering it and using it as an excuse for you not to be powerfully moved by the Spirit now? Are we okay? Because I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm trying to speak the truth. Oh, but if I had this opportunity to do this thing, oh, maybe if I, uh, if I uh, listened to this sermon more or if I talked to this person or if I changed my friend group or if I did this or that, th th then maybe I'll, I'll begin to be closer to God. You could say all those things, but guess what? The common denominator is you. We blame everything on our circumstances. Well, maybe if I had the job that I wanted or maybe if I could just be a little bit more happy or maybe if my wife was more caring or, or maybe if she stopped nagging me all the time or maybe if my husband stopped peeing on the toilet seat. Like stupid things like that now all of a sudden define why you are miserable today. 
How susceptible are you to the devil's attacks and how offline are you to God's calling for you on this earth today? It's not about the meeting that you have in 20 minutes. It's not about the class that you might be late to. It's about the person you walk past in the halls that's having a bad day and God puts you there to show love to slow down, to get out of yourself, to come to the end of yourself and see that person for who Jesus sees. A person that was worthy for the God of the universe to send his only son to die on a cross to bear the weight of the guilt and the shame and the hurt that that person is allowing to corrode and to destroy them. Your past doesn't define you. Your present isn't about you. You have been made new. You have been made to love and to be loved. The next time someone messes up your order, the next time you get upset because your wife is nagging you or your husband did something wrong, don't let it steal your joy and your peace. The next time an event gets canceled, count it all as joy. You might say, well, this is easy to say. How do you do it? The only way you can do it is at every moment of your days, at every intersection, at every crossing point, at every conversation that you have, you return to your true love, Jesus We can't be swayed by what the circumstances in our life. We can't be easily angered and upset by an insult that someone says or a curt remark. You see, it's not about you. It's about the pain and the hurt that is taking place within the individual. They needed God so badly. So why are you allowing them to take you away from God? Oh, but you see, my my dad never loved me. I never got a close relationship with him. God is your dad and he loves you. Your dad was hurting. He was broken. And he needed Jesus. Don't let your past define who you are today. Don't. Every single day we have an opportunity to be a light in this world, to speak the truth, to show Christ's love. And you can do that in many different ways. There's no formula. There's no right way of doing a specific thing. If you acknowledge that Jesus is the Lord of your life, that you want to live a life surrendered to him, that you have been saved by him, that you weren't worthy, but that you have now been made a new creation to live a life of holiness and righteousness, then how you go about doing that will be blessed because God is leading you in calling you and directing you towards righteousness.
And so while I was while I was at this school this weekend, I saw all sorts of different things from other people and the hurt that they were dealing with, the anxiety and the stress. Maybe they were waiting on a certain thing to come through and it wasn't coming through and they were getting anxious about it because the time is running out, the deadline is near and I don't have what I need. Maybe I made a wrong turn while I was driving and next thing you know, it's a 15-minute delay. And why do we allow ourselves to get worked up about these things? Or how about this very real revelation, which will probably make a lot of people uncomfortable by me saying it. But this is the truth. If Jesus is love, if we were called to love and be like Jesus, do we ever see him having fights over doctrine? You see what's happening today? Christians today are fighting over the dumbest of things. Well, you might say they're very, very important because it defines who you are and all these things. Well, guess what? If you know that Jesus loves you and that he loves you and you love him and that you've surrendered your life to him to live a changed life, that you've accepted that you, don't, you can't earn the gift of salvation, then you are a saved individual and a child of God. And that is all that truly matters. It's not about doctrine. It's not about denomination. It's not about any differences of opinion when it comes to Holy Scripture. See, what the devil would love to do is get Christians fighting with one another about things that are not even going to truly ever be known until we get to heaven. And next thing you know, we become anxious and angry at our own peers and our own children, our own brothers and sisters of Christ. Because, oh, they don't believe what I believe and they, they somehow have, a, have the wrong idea about, they're interpreting this verse wrong and, you know, they're, they're not even on the right path. They're, they're just, they're teaching the wrong thing. They're a heretic. They're la, 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 la. And next thing you know, what we're doing is actually worse than anything that that person is doing because we're judging them and we're condemning them and we're not showing Christ's love lived. Do you think Jesus would get in disputes over doctrine? Yes, I have strong opinions about different doctrines. I have strong opinions about what scripture says and how I'm to interpret it. But I know what Jesus has called us to do. And it's not to pick fights with other believers because they have a difference of opinion about a specific scripture passage. It's meaningless. And it's the perfect trap that the devil loves to use to divide us, to with, repel people from the message. Why would anyone want to hear the message of Christ if Christians are fighting over mess, simple things that, such as doctrine? You want people to see you and ask to themselves, man, why is he so happy? Why is he so smiley all the time? Why does nothing ever bother him? He, he just found out that his mom has cancer and his dad is going to die in six months, yet he's still filled with the Spirit and being a messenger for Christ. How? That's what you want. That's what you want people to see. Because you see, the worries that you feel is not 
on this earth. You don't have worry because you're solely focused on Jesus and his mission for you to be love on this earth. How can you be love if you're constantly judging others based off of what they believe to be wrong? And if you believe that it's wrong, how are you ever going to convince them that it's wrong if you simply point your finger and say, that's wrong? Who listens? Who listens to that? You repel people, you damage people, and you do not accomplish the will of God. Be love today. Show love today. Slow down and realize that your only purpose for being on this earth is to show love and to be love. It isn't to get an A in that test that you're stressed about. It isn't to get that raise at your job. It isn't to build a network or build a net worth. It isn't. It's to be love. So when you're on the road to a destination and something gets canceled, it's not about the destination. This might sound cliche, but it's also about the journey. It's about when you stop to get gas and there's an old man who's sad pumping his gas and you have the opportunity to share Christ to him. It's about that homeless person on the side of the street that's addicted to drugs and you can be a light for them and speak the gospel to them, not judge them, love them. And oh, your life will be more blessed. Your heart will be more surrendered. And your outlook will completely change. And that's what I hope for you today. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. We're coming back with a good friend of mine, Ethan Tong, a Hillsdale College student. Don't go anywhere. everybody welcome back to the ryan young show i'm ryan young live right now on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm or wherever you're listening to podcasts i've got in the studio with me ethan tong a hillsdale college junior morning ryan thanks for having me yeah it's great to have you with me too we're going to talk a lot about prayer and a lot of different things that were put put on our hearts that we're, we're thinking a lot about and i think it's a lot of questions that Many believers go through throughout their life trying to discuss, and I'm not, we're not here to say that we have all the answers, but rather just to share our hearts and to share what, what Christ brings out from within us as we talk today. So uh, let's start just by talking about what you, what you brought to me when we were discussing coming on the show about what you're dealing with in your class and how that's corresponding and, and connecting to your own faith. Sure. So I'm in this philosophy of, of religion class um, here at Hillsdale, and one of the things that we've been discussing is this idea of God as a the classical theist conception of God. Now, the classical theist conception of God sees God as um, someone who is perfectly immutable, perfectly impassable, completely transcendent of time and of the earth. 
And under this classical theist conception of God, it seems that we can't do anything to change God. After all, that's what Christians see as as God. God is something that's so much greater than human beings that we can't even, we can't change God, do anything to make God greater. And the problem that I saw with his view was that prayer is frequently taught in the Bible. I mean, think about the parable of the persistent widow or think about Jesus telling the disciples to petition God in the Lord's prayer. And despite all of these clear biblical commands to pray, we see in the classical theist conception of God, this idea that God doesn't change. God can't do anything where humans can make God do something different than other than other than that which God was already going to do. So I was just kind of thinking about how, um, does this mean if under this uh, classical theist conception of God that we're going to have to abandon this idea of praying? Are we going to have to stop praying? Or does that mean that we're going to abandon the classical theist conception of God? Uh, either way, it seems somewhat problematic. So I was just kind of thinking about does it get to a point where Christianity has to conflict with philosophy in that you have to give up one or the other? Because that seems to be, um, it seems to be a difficult decision to, to choose between one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was thinking about this, cause you told me this a couple days ago. And so I had a couple days to think about it. And I, at least from my perspective, I think we can actually find a way where these both correspond together in the sense that if we view God outside of our time frame and outside of the way uh, we think linearly about like when we pray for something and 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 we understand that philosophy says uh, this classical theist view that God is unable to change in the sense that he already has ordained exactly what's going to happen throughout our life. The question I have is, is it because God knows the future and the past? He knows all things. And so the way I try to reconcile these differences is by saying that, yes, we have uh, the ability to pray and God hears our prayers to affect change, but God is already aware of the prayers that we are going to pray, not only today, tomorrow, yet in the future, yesterday, but years from now, everything. And God is, is already, in the sense, chosen what he's going to do. But for us, we we are understanding time in the very linear way of today is Tuesday, tomorrow's Wednesday. And God is, I am time. I am all, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's certainly true. I mean, God is outside of time. And the way that a lot of people have conceived of prayer is that when we pray God before he even created the earth, he already knew what we were going to pray. So that's certainly, that's certainly one way that, that somebody could counteract something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I thought. I wanted to share Psalm 61, 1 through 2. Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And I thought that was a, a beautiful thing because we mm. see throughout scripture about praying and being faithful in the prayer. Even Jesus himself, when he was on the earth, went alone to pray mm-hmm. with God. And so we're to, called to be like Jesus. And so Jesus prayed right? Wouldn't that be a good argument there for prayer? Oh, it's certainly true. I think where, where it comes, I mean, there's certainly is no, no lack of clear passages in, in scripture, which tell us to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I referenced the parable of the persistent widow. We also talked about the Lord's prayer a little bit, but even in the Pauline epistles, Paul is constantly praying for people. I was just reading in Colossians recently, how he was saying that he prays for the Colossian church all the time. And he prays that they would know the 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 depth of the love that God has ha- has for them, um, and in James we say we see passages like a prayer of a righteous man availeth much good, um, and that kind of brings me to the second question about prayer because 
when we talk about things like that James passage, which says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much good, it seems like our prayers actually do something. Mm-hmm. And Ryan and I were talking about just before we went on air, um, j- just how it, there, there was a study that I was reading recently where um, a control group was not prayed over that had cancer. And then there was another group of cancer patients and they gave this list of cancer patients to the local Lutheran church. And they said, would you agree to pray for these cancer patients? They wanted to see if prayer actually does anything. And what they found after the study was that the, the amount of people who were prayed for, who had, or sorry, the amount of people who had been healed, who had been prayed for was the same amount of people as the people who hadn't been prayed for. In other words, that there didn't seem to be any difference between being prayed over and not prayed over. Mm-hmm. Brian, what, what were your thoughts on that? My, my initial thoughts to that was it's not about the prayer. It's about the heart condition of the individual that's praying. And if they're fully surrendered, if they acknowledge their desperate need for Jesus and they don't have a lot of sin that's unconfessed. And I think that's, that's the number one thing for me, at least, when I pray, I'm often convicted because I have a lot of sins. I've wronged a lot of different people and I haven't yet confessed of it. Mm. And so now I try to, before I, I pray for another person, I try to ask for forgiveness from those sins so that God, so that there's nothing like hanging above my head that's like blocking me from hearing from God. Well, I mean, that's, that's the passage in Matthew right. 5, I believe, where it says like, when you go to worship, leave your gift at the altar if mm-hmm. there's something between you and a brother. Right, exactly. And so I think these types of studies that we do not to like undercut undercut it completely but i think it's important to to realize like god doesn't work in like the human metric way of like okay we're going to see how god works it, it, the, god says do not test the lord your god and so it's mm. like i wonder like okay let me hand you a list here you guys go go and and pray and it's like well if they're all aware of this like study that's taking place are their heart are their hearts in the right position to pray to god mm. we're supposed to come with a broken and contrite spirit before mm. him and I think oftentimes people say well god doesn't answer my prayers god doesn't listen to me and I'd argue that God is answers every single prayer, but sometimes we say that God isn't answering it when we don't like what he has to say. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what he has to say is nothing. And when that means nothing, that means simply to wait because it's not his time. And that's the most upsetting for me. Like I'll pray for something and it'll be, it'll be something as simple as like, Lord, help me with, with a, a specific thing coming up in the future. And I don't hear anything. I'm like, well, did God abandon me? And then if you wait a week or two and then it's like, oh, I get why he didn't tell me to do anything there because that would, I wouldn't have known the specific information that I needed. And kind of that kind of a thing is kind of what I originally thought. Yeah, <clears throat> my dad was, was telling me this analogy of um, how it's really hard for us to interpret whether or not God is answering our prayers in a positive or a negative way. Um, say this person was you know, in love with this beautiful woman and then he found out that he was he was drafted. And so he was, he thought that this was a bad thing. And he was like, Oh God, why did you curse me? And then he starts going over to the draft and then his car hits another car. And so he gets injured. And so he can't be drafted. And he's like, Oh, this is a bad thing because I got into a car accident. Oh wait, this is a good thing. Cause I, you know, didn't go into the, into the draft. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back home and then he realizes that his wife no longer want, or his, his fiance no longer likes him. Cause he got paralyzed or something. And then he's like, Oh, this is a bad thing all over. again." <laughs> and like, you can't, know whether or not what you're experiencing is God's will for you or is or is is a positive thing or a negative thing simply based off of the circumstances. And I think that's right. one of the things that we as Christians struggle with is that we see something bad happen and we necessarily assume that it's bad. It's wholly bad. Even though, I mean, Ryan and you, 
I'm sure you have experiences where right. things that were bad ended up being good mm-hmm. or ended up the Lord using them for good. Certainly trials in our life happen all the time in that manner. Right. And that was something that we talked about a little bit before we started the show was when we get, when we find ourselves in these trials and these temptations and, and, and horrible tragedies, even like if you lost a loved one or anything like that, we, what ends up happening, at least in my life is I end up actually coming to the end of myself where I realize my desperate need for God because I don't have the answers. Mm. And in those moments, instead of praying for God to take me out of the pain that I'm feeling or in the tragedy that I'm feeling, which is a noble prayer, I think oftentimes that's our initial our initial reaction is, God, help me get me out of this. But as I said earlier, when Daniel was in the lion's den, he didn't pray to escape the lion's den. He prayed that God would protect him while he was in the midst of the lions. So the lions ended up falling asleep around him. Mm. And that is like a, a powerful image that we can think that when trials and temptations come, we can pray instead of take me out of this, how can you use me in the midst of this to not only build my own faith, but to encourage those around me too that are seeing the trials that I'm going through? Mm-hmm. There certainly is a place also to pray that God would remove you from this trial. Um, right. But I, I mean, I think your heart is, is the biggest thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> on that note though, I, I will admit that I'm slightly wary of saying that prayer is only for us because God designed prayer not just as a way to talk to God and to align our hearts with God because we could do that without prayer, but also because it's communication with the Father. And it's one of the greatest gifts that we've been given mm-hmm. is this ability to commune with the God of the universe, to right. be able to speak with him and that he hears our prayers and we know that he hears our prayers. Um, and that that reminder tells us something that we actually every time we pray, we're listened to. And that's the thing that comforts me because sometimes I do feel like if I'm praying, say for somebody to get healed from some sort of sickness, I'm like, will God actually heal this person? Well, regardless of if God chooses to heal this person or not, Mm -hmm. God is listening. God is there. God can empathize with your situation. God is with that person in their sickness. God is present. God's listening to you. And that I think is like the biggest part of prayer. And I would say certainly like, there's also some effects of that prayer, not just effects on myself, but also, um, and one of my good friends here at school, Luke Hollister, was also talking about how um, sometimes the way that God heals somebody is through your prayer. And he's ordained both the healing and the prayer. He's ordained it such that when you pray, God is determined that he will heal this person. And so certainly this doesn't happen all the time. I mean, (laughs) everyone knows that God doesn't just heal every every person that you pray for, because if that were the case, then everyone would just be a Christian for the wrong reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But in certain cases, it does seem to be the case that God ordains this healing and he ordains your prayer in line with that healing. And I think that that's just a really big encouragement to me whenever I'm struggling through praying. Yeah, and something I noticed when we were talking about that was how do we define healing? Because if if our heart's desire is, I want God's best for us, Perhaps in an essence, in a sense, you could say that God does heal everyone in the sense that his will is the perfect will. And mm. so like, yeah, if someone passes away and it's your loved one, well, they've been now made healed better than anyone. They're mm. in heaven rejoicing with God. I mean, God's like, wait a minute, why are you mad at me? I literally just healed them. I took them <laughs> to heaven. Like, come on, you get to see him for all eternity. And yeah. then we're sitting down here, what did you do? And it's like some like horrible thing, which... Obviously, we we have that perspective because we're on the earth and we love our loved one and we want to be near them. But I think we can actually see how healing 
isn't always the way we think of it. It's not always simply like my body is now made whole. Well, now your body is is made perfect. <laughs> like that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, this theme of like temporal versus eternal is something that we keep coming mm-hmm. back to. Like it's hard for us in our temporal lens to see the greater picture, to see the bigger picture and to understand that there are lots of good things that come out of bad things and even death is ultimately a good thing, even though it seems hard for us to grasp sometimes. Yeah. So I have a book here that I've been reading and I was sharing a little bit with Ethan beforehand. It's Power Through Prayer by E.M. Bounds. And I wanted to share uh, a quote and I thought it was a good one here. Here, let me read it. We believe that one of the serious and most popular errors of the modern pulpit is the putting of more thought than prayer, of more head than of heart in its sermons. Big hearts make big preachers. Good hearts make good preachers. A theological school school to enlarge and cultivate the heart is the golden uh, desert. I don't know how to pronounce it, actually. Desideratum. Of the the gospel. The pastor binds his people to him and rules his people by his heart. And this, this goes back to something that we kind of hinted at, the heart condition of when we pray. Is it are we getting obsessed with trying to logically understand God through these philosophy classes? And like, does the, does the syllogism, does everything flow? Do the premises match all of this stuff? And it's like, well, wait a minute. We're supposed to have childlike faith. How, how are we supposed to align what we're learning in class with the faith that God calls us to have in the Bible? Hmm. I mean, certainly it's important for us to have a childlike faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also important for us to be, what is it? As wise as serpents, as Jesus says. Yeah. Um, and throughout the, the epistles of Paul, we see Paul was a wicked smart guy. I mean, Paul really knew all his stuff from, from his upbringing and he was debating the best of the Greek philosophers and he was using that philosophy. Um, so Christianity is far from anti-rational. It's far right. from anti, anti-philosophy. It does get to a point where there are a lot of things that we can't quite comprehend. And at that point, we leave it up to God and we say that it's a mystery. But we do our best to understand the faith because I believe, and especially as like a philosophy and religion student myself, I mean, I've gone through all these questions and I've come out the other side understanding that there might not be an answer for everything that's fully satisfactory. And as Ryan says, like a full logical proof for it. But there's so much evidence. There's not been a question that we've just been unable to answer and been stumped with in our class so mm-hmm. far. That's a, that's a good point. I want to talk a little bit about what, what ends up happening. Um, I, I mentioned this in the first half of the show with the, the different doctrines. Everybody has their own specific uh, analysis and interpretation of Scripture, whether you're uh, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, Catholic, wherever you stand. And, and I just wanted to get your take on like, how do we remain Christ-like to the, to those that are different, that have differing opinions from us uh, regarding the doctrines in, in particular? Uh, that's a hard one because as as someone who is trying to be a student of the word and also a student of theology, doctrines are really important. And mm-hmm. I don't think Ryan or myself would ever state that we should just throw away doctrines. Doctrines right. are an important part that grounds our faith. Mm-hmm. In order for us to know what we believe, we have to um, believe the right doctrines. At the same time, there are so many things that, as Ryan is saying, we won't even understand until we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, different things like, how do we know exactly about that? Well, I mean, the end times is one huge example. We won't know th- about the end times until the end times for the exactly. most part. I mean, yeah. we can spend our time studying it and studying it is always good. But um, having disputes over that seems to be 
um, not the most productive use of our time. Similarly, we talk about like the creation versus theistic evolution debate. I myself am a, a, a creationist, and I know mm-hmm. like people like my roommate have have wavered between theistic evolution and creation, and there are lots of Christians on both sides of the aisle. Um, I it seems to me that there's a point at which it doesn't become profitable to continue to discuss these things and you should leave it to God's convicting of the other person. Mm-hmm. I'm strongly convicted on on the creationist side, but it's like, it. I don't know if you can persuade somebody and spend so much time persuading them when you could use your time for other better things like lifting them up in prayer or mm-hmm. talk, encouraging them and reading God's word. Like those things are the things that will really ground you, not as much the theological debates. Right. It's good to, to have theological discussion, but when it leads to uh, people becoming judgmental of another person or even simply, uh, in a sense, actually repelling them from the mm. true message of Christ. And that was mm-hmm. kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier because I've seen so many people get in conflicts and fights over like specific doctrine things that really we don't know to be certainly true until we, we're in heaven. We both have our own convictions about it and it's a strong thing, but it doesn't determine the course of where we end up in heaven if we believe that Jesus died for us and that we we don't we can't earn it and all of those things like the fundamental core we 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 should all agree on and understand yeah that's certainly true yeah well we have a couple minutes left is there anything that you wanted to change subjects with or or kind of keep continue down this route well at some point i would like to talk about this idea of listening prayer have you have you uh heard of listening prayer before yeah so uh in in our intervarsity uh chapter that we have on campus we've been doing a lot of listening prayer um, which is just where you take a moment after or before you've you've um, done your devotions and read your Bible and you just listen to hear God's voice and God's spirit moving on your heart. Um, and that's just something that I've been struggling with because uh, it seems difficult for me to actually hear anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, Christians say all the time, like, I heard from God this or I heard from God this. And then there are other Christians who are very wary of this this conception of, of God speaking to individual people. It seems it seems too much like it's like special revelation to this one person and not to everybody else. And like, we have God's word. That's all you should need. You don't need God to speak to your heart. And then there are other Christians who believe that God does directly speak to their heart. Maybe remind them of a, of a Bible verse or bring a word to mind or mm-hmm. even a full idea or a sentence or some kind of direction in their life. Or even confirmation where you see the same verse mentioned. That always happens to mm-hmm. me where I'll like read a verse and then it's like my mom texts me, have you seen this? Verse? And it's like the exact one. And then I'm like a billboard. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a sign from the sky. No, <laughs> it's like insane where it's like, okay, I'm starting to make the connection here. Right. But yeah, listening is, is an important part. I'm glad you brought that up because like you said earlier, you're communicating with God and the Holy Spirit acts as the mediator between us to communicate our groanings and our sighs and we don't know what to say to God and then God's message back to us. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Maybe I've opened uh, a bigger can of worms or opened up a <laughs> shot up more, nope, open, let out more rabbits than I can shoot. Oh, Something okay. Like that. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> but you didn't like, kill two birds with <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, this This idea of listening prayer though, I mean, the way that I've just used it is kind of recognizing at the end of my devotion time or whatever that God is listening, God's present. And even if I don't hear anything from God, which I frequently don't hear anything audibly from God, it's just a reminder that prayer isn't just for me to like express my wishes out loud and maybe there's a deity up there, but there actually is a God Mm -hmm. and he's listening to our prayers. And when we do listening prayer, it's just a really good reminder for us that what we're doing 
as praying and when we pray for people and when we pray for ourselves and when we pray that God's will would be done on this earth, we're not just throwing out empty words, but we're actually speaking with a real person. And mm. the Holy Spirit is a person and he's listening to us and he's speaking back to us in whatever ways, whether it's uh, biblical, whether it's through other people, whether it's uh, even through listening prayer. Thank you, Ethan, for coming on the show today. Thanks so much, Ryan. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll see you Thursday. Have a beautiful and a blessed day.